Hey there, and thanks for listening to our podcast. Our mission at Hope is to invite everyone to find Jesus and help them move toward the center of God's purpose for their life. Here's this weekend's message. Well, hey, everybody, welcome to all of our campuses, all of you watching online. So good to be here. And for those of you, you know, kind of wondering, like, I hate Christmas, the Grinch, you know, because some of you are Grinches. You know that. I mean, you know who you are. You are Grinches, small heart. This series has been for you, okay? And you're welcome. I hope that you um, are better. I hope that you're happier. Um, But if you're not, today is the final lesson, message, whatever you want to call it. And I hope that your heart is open at least a little so that you can uh, grow and grow and grow. So um, I'll talk more about the the series in just a minute. Uh, Today, this weekend, is our Big Give weekend. We have two things going on. We're ending our Prosper campaign at the end of the year, but this is like the the weekend. I I mean, Melissa and I, we just went online, wrote, uh, or we didn't write a check, but we gave online. I think it's our biggest one-time gift we've ever given in the history of our lives. And uh, man, I was excited to do it. <clears throat> and I pray that if you have not been on this journey with us, there's a, there's a few ways that you can give, hopefellowship.net slash give, and then text any amount to 84321, or you can give in the drop boxes. If you have stock options that you're wondering about, like, man, could I give that? Yes, we can do all that stuff. If you have gold or silver, we, we, can have, we can do that. If you have a motorcycle, we can do that. I'll take care of that one for you. All right. Um, so uh, here's what we're trying to do in this Prosper Campaign Strong. But then, and I know this is like, golly, all this money. But by the end of the year, if we can raise an additional $400,000, and I know it sounds like a lot, but, but across all of our campuses, we have a lot of people, um, we can get out of debt with McKinney Campus and Frisco West, pay those things off. Those are worth, those buildings are worth about $20 million. <clears throat> so we can get out of debt and we're excited about that. So would, I hope that you'll, you'll, you'll pray about it. And if you're not ready to give this weekend, I hope that you would do that. But if not, by the end of the year, we can, uh, we can all do it together. Uh, now, uh, Christmas Eve, now listen, let me talk to you about this. Um, across all of our campuses, we still have room, I think in every service, but especially Christmas Eve day, yeah, that Sunday, which is, can you believe next Sunday is Christmas Eve? It's crazy. It's gone by so fast. Um, there may be a service by the end of this day or even by this afternoon that is, that is full. Just go to another one. Um, we're trying to accommodate as many people as we can um, that don't know about RSVP. So it really does help if you are able to RSVP the service that you want to attend. And uh, that 22nd, uh, or I'm sorry, the 23rd, we have one service on the 22nd, which is Friday. So if you're going out of town, that's a great way to do it. Um, And then the 22nd, which is Saturday, we have uh, some good room here at Frisco East, and then Sunday, um, it's filling up. So just just remember, RSVP, you can go to Hope Fellowship, or I'm sorry, christmasathope.net, christmasathope.net. You can go to either one, actually, uh, and find your way around there, but that would be great. Um, one last thing, this week is the last week of Advent and leading up to Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, and we have written uh, a devotional for the week, um, christmasathope.net, or you can go to the app, and on the app, at the top of the page, there's the the devotional um, for this week, 
and it's, going, it's gone along with our series uh, this whole month for Advent. So uh, if you want to just each day just kind of reflect and kind of read Scripture and pray, uh, we, have an, we have a devotional uh, ready for you. Uh, you can go to YouVersion or you can go to ChristmasAtHope.net. The, the series, uh, uh, we have a terrible title for the series, I Hate Christmas, um, but there's a reason for it. And let me just tell you, I, I took my mom out to dinner last night after service, and uh, someone came over to the table, and she, these are the literal words out of her mouth. She goes, I just want to thank you, and she was really kind about, you know, our church and so forth. But she said, you know, this particular series, I just got to be honest with you, I hate Christmas. And, and it's because last year she lost her husband, and he loved Christmas. And it's been hard. This, you know, as you can imagine, this season has been hard. And she said, I literally dread, I have dreaded this season. But I just want to thank you for the series and for all you've done. So there, there is a reason for the title, even though most of us don't hate Christmas, most of us love Christmas. If you're like me, uh, I'll talk more about that Christmas Eve. But um, in this series uh, called I Hate Christmas, the theme has been the Grinch. And you, we all know his heart was so small and he was, he was uh, impatient. He had no hope, he had no joy, and he was really uh, an angry, less than kind person. Well, that's what this series has been about. Over the last few weeks, week one, we talked about patience. Um, that's a, that's a non-traditional Advent theme, and I'll talk more about that in a minute. Week two, we talked about hope, we, a very traditional theme, joy, very traditional theme. Zach, our campus pastor at West, didn't Zach do awesome last week? Thank you, man, for filling in for me. And week, uh, today, we're going to talk about kindness. So these two are the non-traditional Advent themes, and these two are the very traditional Advent themes. But remember in week one, when I talked about patience, I talked about two things, that it's multidimensional. In other words, there's patience uh, that we need with each other, you know, this way. There's patience that we need in trouble. When we face challenges, we need to be patient. And there's patience that we need in discovering and finding our purpose or God's will for our lives. Sometimes we want to rush it. Sometimes we want to marry so quickly or we want to take that job so quickly or we want to make that deal so badly. And maybe we just need to be patient and say, God, what do you want? Um, we, we talked about two. It, that was multidimensional. Number two, it's, it's a transformation issue. And here's what I mean by this. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 says it this way. This is the fruit of the Spirit. But the Holy Spirit produces, that's a key phrase right there, the Holy Spirit produces, not you or me. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. So when you accept what Jesus has done on the cross, you, we surrender to the Lord. What happens is the Holy Spirit of God comes into our lives and begins the transformation. Now, there's two things that happen. An immediate transformation, sanctification, immediately. In other words, seals us until the day of salvation, until the day of our salvation that is complete when Jesus returns. Then there's a progressive work of sanctification that goes on in which takes all of our lives. We continue to grow, right? How many know that you're not perfect? How many know that when you got saved, when you came to the Lord, you started 
with, uh, you know, a mess of your life, or maybe it wasn't really a mess, but you were self-centered or maybe even self-righteous, you know how far you've had to come and how far you, we all need to go. Well, the fruit of the Spirit, when you and I get saved, we accept or surrender, he begins to produce this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Um, here's my question for us today. Are we allowing the Holy Spirit room? Are we allowing him room in our lives to produce in us fruit that glorifies God and that makes us a light in this world? Okay, so are we allowing, and I'm gonna talk more about this in a minute, but are we allowing the Holy Spirit to produce in us Fruit, like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Are we allowing him to produce that kind of fruit in our lives? Okay, now listen to me. Many of us had bad childhood experiences. Many of us had trauma. We've had abuse. We've had all kinds of issues that we were raised in, dysfunction. And I know some of us sit here and go, yeah, yeah, but you don't know where I've come from. You don't know what I had to face. The reason I am like I am today, a Grinch, or someone like that, is because of what I've had to face, John. You just, you just don't understand. I want you to know that I love you. And I have, I mean, I'm not trying to make any of us feel bad about who we are and about what we've gone through and, and some of the challenges that we all face. All I am saying is that when we come to the Lord, if we allow room, he begins to change all of the mess and all of the abuse and all, he begins to heal. What it means, by his stripes we are healed, that Greek word means to put together. It means wholeness. He puts back together our, the pieces of our lives. That's what the Lord does when we allow room. So it doesn't matter the way we were raised. And I mean, when I say it doesn't matter, it does matter, I understand that. But I'm saying, in the spiritual sense, it, we can all be raised crazily. We can all be raised in dysfunction. We can all have gone through trauma of all kinds. And I'm not demeaning that or even belittling that. All I'm saying, if we'll allow room, he can produce in us fruit that will honor God, glorify God, and make our lives attractive. I don't mean the physical way. I mean in the spiritual way. Make our lives attractive to those around us. Amen. In other words, they look at our lives and they go, hey, you know, in the middle of your challenges, you have some kind of peace that I don't have. In, in the middle of your mess, in the mid, listen, in the, even in the middle of your divorce, in the middle of your tragedy, what is different about you? Because you have a peace that I don't have. You have, in, in, the, in the, uh, you know, the, the last few years that we've had here in our country and around the world, it's been crazy. It has been unbelievable, right? <clears throat> of all the people on the planet who should have peace in the middle of a storm, in the middle of a mess, it should be us. Amen. So when the world looks at us, in other words, this is my point, it makes our, light, our life a light to this world. So like patience in week one and like joy in week three, yeah, last week, kindness is the evidence of the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. 
It is the evidence of the Holy Spirit's transformation in our lives when we allow him room. He produces kindness. I grew up on Real Hondo Road in Harlingen, Texas. Three doors down from me, you had Burl and Dean Williams, you had the Minigays, and then you had the Lampuses. Chester was his name. Chester Lampus, his wife, Maxine. His wife, Maxine, awesome. Just a beautiful soul. Chester, not so much. Okay? Chester was older, uh, much older. He was retired when I was little, you know, when I was growing up. And I rode my bike. You know, we had an alley. When I say alley, I'm not talking about the alleys like we have that's concrete. I'm talking about it was a field. It was like a, you know, dirt road thing. And then, and then there was a, his house, there was a drive, driveway, his driveway, plus it was an alleyway that you could get to the street, okay? So you came out. So I would ride my bike, I'm fast. And there were times in which Chester would be like, hey, John, how are you doing? And then there were times, get off my land. You know, it was crazy. Most of the time, 80, 80% of the time, he was mean. It didn't matter what I was doing. I could have been doing nothing. What are you out on? You know, and I was so scared of Chester. And some of you are Chesters. <laughs> you know, seriously. Think about this. Maybe not in your driveway, but on social media. Ooh, yeah, yeah, you know I was going to go there. Um, I'm going to. You know, because we're, we, 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 listen, our whole country lacks kindness. Bottom line. Now, yeah, so, and, and I'm going to talk about this kindness in a deeper way in just a minute in point two, but I'm not finished with the introduction yet. <laughs> like, like love, joy, peace, patience. We, we talked about week one, joy, week three. Kindness is an evidence of the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. Amen. So, when we talk about kindness, there's two directions of kindness. This way and this way. Okay, number one, God's kindness towards us. And because of his kindness toward us, number two, our kindness toward others. This is the way the kingdom works. God pours into us. We pour into others. God forgives us. We forgive others. God shows grace to us. We show grace to others. God gives mercy to us. We give mercy to others. God gives kindness. And we give kindness to others. If we don't understand it this way, if we don't have a firm understanding of his kindness, maybe you've never heard it like that. Maybe you've never even thought about it like that. Like his kindness, I don't know about that, but I understand he loves me, I know his grace, you know, his mercy. Listen to these scriptures, Romans chapter two, verse four. And the context of Romans two, Paul's writing to the church in Rome. There's two groups of people in, in the church. There's Jewish believers and there's Gentile believers. Uh, 
And the Gentiles were probably, because it was in Rome, probably a little bit bigger, but the Jewish people kind of ran the church. And they were, just, they, they were judging the background and the lifestyle of the Gentiles or the Gentile believers and, and where they came from and, and, you know, what they were doing. And then, so in chapter one of Romans, there, I mean, it's like, man, it's really hard hitting. If you read chapter one of Romans, I mean, it is hard hitting. Then chapter two, Paul says, yeah, but you, but you have sinned too. You have issues in your life. You have things going on in your life. You're judging others, but you have things. And then verse four, don't you see how wonderfully kind, how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? How many know that your life, you think about your life and all the things that you deal with and all the dumb things that we do and how incredibly kind, patient, and tolerant God is with us? Really, you think about that. Some of us are knuckleheads. Some of us, I mean, we know what to do. We know the right thing to do, and yet we do the opposite. He says, don't you know, as we're judging the world, as we are judging those who don't live like this and don't have our heritage and our pedigree spiritually, and, and we're just like, man, you guys are, don't you know how wonderfully kind, tall, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that it is his kindness that's intended to turn you from your sin? Another translation is it's his kindness that leads you to repentance. It's not the, in my opinion, it's not really the fear of God that leads us to repentance. It's not that we get scared of hell. And I, I saw movies growing up, Christian movies, Distant Thunder, Thief in the Night, scary movies about Jesus coming and missing the rapture and whoo man I'm telling you I got saved five times you know <laughs> in one night <laughs> just watching one movie I'm like Ugh. fear doesn't last it's his kindness that leads us to turn from our lifestyle from our sin to repent Ephesians chapter two, verse seven. Don't you, or so God can point to all of us in future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and his kindness toward us. As we look back on the early church and we see the grace and the kindness that Jesus had toward Peter in denying him, that the grace and the love and the kindness that he had toward Zacchaeus, toward the adulterous woman, toward the Samaritan woman, toward whoever was, I mean, the thief on the cross, we look back at Paul, who was Saul, who was killing Christians, and we see the kindness of God in their lives. In 100 years, our, our, our family, our generations, my, my grandson, my granddaughter can look at me and say, man, God was kind. I can look back on one generation, my mom, who was raised Catholic, but didn't know a whole lot. In, in fact, every service that she went to was in Latin. That's the way they did mass. So she didn't understand anything. In 1960, Jesus revealed himself, and and she and through through a relationship, they invited her to church, and she opened her eye. God opened her eyes, and she 
came to the Lord, and I promise you that I can look back. I can't look back at that, but I know the story, and I've seen my mom and the way that she's lived for 80-something years, well, 70-something years. She's 82 now, so whenever she got saved at 18, I'm telling you, I can look back at the kindness of God just in my life. I can look back at the kindness of my dad. He was a knucklehead sometimes. Now, he's dead, so I can talk about him all I want. It doesn't matter. I mean, you know I'm kidding. I baptized my dad 24 years ago. I can look back and I can see the kindness of God. Some of you came to, Lord, came to the Lord and your faith really a commitment to Jesus, a following of Jesus later in life. And you can look back at your own life and you can see the grace and the kindness of God. If we don't understand it this way, it's going to be hard for us to give it this way. Titus chapter 3, just one more. Here's what he says. But when God our Savior revealed his kindness and his love, he saved us. Not because we were righteous or the righteous things that we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and a new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ our Savior. Because of his grace, he made us right in his sight and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to insist on these teachings so that all who trust in God, uh, trust in God will devote themselves to doing good. These teachings are good and beneficial for everyone. It's his kindness. And when we understand the kindness of God toward us, you remember the parable that Jesus gave of the unmerciful servant? Who was, who was forgiven millions of dollars when he went before the, the, the whatever, the rich guy that owned, loaned him money. And he says, I can't pay it. Can you give me more time? This is a parable of Jesus. And the guy says, you know what? I'm not even gonna forgive you. Just, I'm gonna give you, not gonna just give you more time. I'm gonna forgive you of the whole debt. So just think about your house payment right now. You're, you're, maybe you owe 200,000 on your house. Maybe you owe 500,000 on your house. Maybe you owe 800,000, whatever it is. And you go before the bank and you said, man, I've lost my job. I can't make the payment this month. Can we defer to the end of the, of the note? Can, can we do something because I can't pay it? And they come back to you and they say, hey, listen, I don't know what happened today, but my manager just told me your, your, your whole loan is forgiven. How many think that is the favor of God? <laughs> I, saw, I saw a real... That said, I would, I'm, uh, it's a monkey that's on the phone making sure that he got the blessed and highly favored package, not the doom and gloom package for 2024. Some of you, if you got that call and you were forgiven that, how many know you'd be happy? How many know you'd be like, that's God. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Jesus. You'd be, you, you, you're an old Baptist, but you'd be dancing around the whole living room. <laughs> and then... You make a call to somebody who owes you $1,000 and you demand payment just after you were forgiven. That's the parable. Do you understand what I'm saying? When we have been forgiven, when we have been shown grace, when we have been shown mercy and kindness, guys, we have to, number two, our kindness toward others. We have no other option. There is no other choice. There's no other response. Let me say it that way. No other response than when we have, been, when we have received 
so much forgiven of millions, forgiven of all of our mistakes and sins, not only the past, but now and the future. All of our sins forgiven. And then we, listen, look at me, and I know this is tough, but we hold grudges. We, we withhold forgiveness from somebody else or we're not kind. The, our kindness toward others goes back to Galatians 5.22. And it says, again, let me just read it, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our love. Love, joy, peace, patience. Say it with me. Kindness. kindness. That's what the Holy Spirit produces. Now, the kindness here is not just polite manners. Some of us are raised in the South. And being raised in the South, we're known for being nice. Or Canada, one of the two. We're known for being nice. We're known for, oh, you come in here, bless your heart. Come in here. We love you. We love you. And then the moment you leave, can you believe them the way they live? You know what I'm saying is true. That's the South. As fake as the day is long. We'll smile at you. And then the moment you leave our house, I hate them. Okay, that's the South. Now, those of you from Jersey, those of you from New York, you tell it like it is, right? And you're the Grinch. You're, you're, no, we, we love you. It's, it, kindness is not just learning to be nice or manners, opening the door for somebody. Manners. I'm polite. Oh, thank you so much. Thank, you're, you are, anytime the waitress or the waiter comes, and does, oh, thank you. Thank you so much. That's manners. That's, that's, and that's, that's kindness. Of course it is. But I'm talking about a kindness that goes beyond manners or politeness. I'm talking about, let me put it on the screen. Kindness is the inner disposition created by the Holy Spirit that causes us to be sensitive to the needs of others, whether physical, emotional, or spiritual. Now, this is, this is a definition from the Greek word, and let me put it on the screen, Christotis, that is kindness of heart, a graciousness, a goodness in righteous action. So I'm not, I'm not just talking about, you know, we're nice and we're, although that is great. We need to do that. We need more of that. How many agree? We need more of that in our country. We need more of that in our families. A kindness of just polite, just manners. Yes, sir. Thank you. You're welcome. That, that, you know, we need that. But this is a deeper meaning of a righteous action. In other words, let me, let me just go to Scripture so that you get the full understanding of, of what this kindness toward others really looks like. 1 Corinthians 13, many of us had this read at our wedding. It's the love chapter. But the, when, in verse 4, when the definition of love begins... It's the first two words. Love is patient and kind. Amen. First two words, first descriptions of love. Love is patient and kind. 
That's the definition of love. Well, there's more to it, but it's not rude. It's not envious. It's not boastful. It's not proud. It's not haughty. It doesn't demand its own way. It's not irritable or touchy. Many of us have failed already. Just the first patient, we've already failed. Okay? But that's the definition of love. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. Here's what Paul says about it. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must, listen to this, clothe, clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy. Everybody say it with me. Kindness. Kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults. See, this goes beyond, I'm going to open the door for you. Because how many, how many now please don't get mad at me or don't, don't uh, you know, freak out. But when you open the door for somebody, you don't ask them if they're a Democrat, right? You, you don't ask them, hey, how did you vote this, this season, last season? How did you vote? Are you a Republican? Because I'm not opening the door if you are. Nobody asks that. You just open the door. It didn't matter what they vote. When, they, when they're trying to get on the ramp on the tollway and you're not a Grinch, you let them in, right? You just let them in. That's, that's a good kind of, you're not asking them, how they voted. You're not asking them, hey, are, are you, are, you know, where, where are you from? You're just, you've been kind. You're just letting them in. This kindness, that's good kindness. But this kindness that I'm talking about is different. It's where you make allowance for each other's faults and you forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. See, this is the kind of righteous action that we're talking about with kindness. Kindness is not just I'm a nice person. And many of us, listen, many of us are nice people. Unless you make us mad. Or unless we understand that you have a different opinion than we do, right? Then, then we get edgy. Then we get like, well, aggressive. Listen to this, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30, last scripture. And do not listen to, oh, this is so important. Do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Now, that should get our attention. But then he goes on to describe how we bring sorrow to him. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you'll be saved on the day of redemption. That's that immediate sanctification. Our, we are sealed for the day of salvation. Thank God for that. But then, the lifelong beginning of transformation so that we get, listen to this, we get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other. This, listen, this is not just a personality. Well, John, you, your mom was like this. And so you kind of were raised in that. And I was, I'm so grateful. My mom is the kindest person I've ever known. It's not just a personality though. It's not just about, oh, well, you don't know the way I was raised. I was just raised rough. I'm Italian. This is the way we talk, loud and abusive. <laughs> okay. Well, are you Christian before you're Italian? Or I'm not just picking on Italians. Are you, are you a Christian before you're Irish? Does that make sense what I'm saying? Instead, be kind to each other. So go back to that previous verse. 
get rid of, okay, so, so if you're, if you're thinking with me, you're like, okay, John, I thought the Holy Spirit produces kindness in me. Then Paul's saying, get rid of that. Well, that's like me. Yes. Yes. Here's what we, here's what happens. When we, it's, there, it's, it's like a both and. It's a tension to manage between what the Holy Spirit produces and, and, and what we work at. Now, we're not working for our salvation. That's not what we're doing. We're working to get in the center of God's purpose. We're working to be who God wants us to be. We're working to be, let the Holy Spirit have the room to transform us. That's what we're working for. In that work, we get rid of the rage and the bitterness and the anger and the evil behavior. I wish I could teach this at the next political debate. Seriously. Are we five? Now, that's the world. I can't, I can't, you know, we can't, I can't even, I don't talk to the world. But as believers, our work, along with the Holy Spirit, see, this is when we get rid of, that's when he produces kindness. That's what he produces patience. That's when he produces love and joy. We get rid of bitterness what happened to me three years ago or 10 years ago or 25 years ago or 50 years ago, we get rid of that, the anger and the rage. And when we do, the Holy Spirit has room to begin to produce in us things that we could not produce in and of ourselves. So in practical ways, here's what it looks like. Kindness goes the extra mile. This is, this is the Sermon on the Mount. Kindness goes the extra mile. Kindness turns the other cheek. Listen, kindness forgives quickly. And many of us have struggle, a struggle with forgiveness. I'm going to teach on it again in February, just to let you know. And the reason I do is because you're slow to learn. Okay, we all are. But, but kindness is, is quick to forgive. Kindness doesn't hold grudges. Kindness is not entitled. Kindness honors God and influences people. This is all challenging. And I know it's Advent. I know it's supposed to be really encouraging. This was like, you're punching me in the face. Well, let me just tell you, four weeks ago, five weeks ago, when I'm preparing for this series, and I realized that three of these Advent words were from Galatians 5. And I've never thought of this, I've never thought of this way, and I'm like, okay, these are things that the Holy Spirit produces. And I already told you that the older I get, the, the, the less patient I am. I, I grow impatient on the tollway. I grow impatient in, in even working on and I'm not a mechanic by far in the least, but even working on just little things, I, I feel the anger more than I ever have before. And I'm like, what is going on here? And when I study this, I'm like, oh, I know what's going on. It's a transformation issue. Maybe I think I've learned it all. 
Maybe I had allowed myself to get in, and I, I would never want to say this about myself, but maybe in like a self-righteous kind of uh, area where like, okay, I'm going to teach you guys how to live because I already mastered this. And, I, and you and I both know that's not true. But, but especially in this series, as I talked about patience, because I struggle with that, I'm like, wow, this is a major deal. And for some of you, you know, patience is the one that hit me. But for some of you, this one hits you. Because you're not a kind person to begin with. And I'm not saying you're not saved. I'm just saying that because of your past, because of the way you were raised, because of what your dad did to you or, you know, whatever. I'm not, I'm not demeaning that by any, by any means. But I am saying that because of that, we make excuses for ourselves that the way, the reason we're cranky, the reason that we're mean, the reason we're unkind is because of this. And you're just gonna have to take me or leave me. This is the way I am. We tell that to our spouse. This is just the way I am. Well, you know what you're saying? You know what we're saying when we say that? We're saying, Holy Spirit, I'm not gonna give you room. I'm not gonna give you any room because you know what? I'm gonna hold on to my anger. I'm gonna hold on to my bitterness. I'm gonna hold on to my rage. I'm gonna hold on to my evil behavior because I'm mad. I am bitter. I'm bitter at the way I was raised. I am bitter at something that happened to me. And you, you know what? We're human. We have every right to be emotional. We have every right to be hurt. We're going to get hurt. But this is a supernatural thing, guys. In other words, a work of the Holy Spirit. And when we block that, when we don't make room, what happens is we stay in a state of impatience or no love or no grace or no forgiveness or no kindness. So all I'm saying is this season, this week, as we go through the devotionals, I want you to think about what may, and you know what, maybe you're good. Maybe you're like, John, none of these hit me because I'm, well, I'm gonna hit you in January, okay? We'll, we'll find something that, that is, not, is wrong with you, all right? But for those of us who've been hit already, um, it's a long play. It's, a, it's an ongoing, lifelong transformation. Just because you get up tomorrow morning, you're not all of a sudden kind, it doesn't mean that God's not at work. It, just little by little, day by day, as I light this Advent candle, I want you to say, Holy Spirit, I've never even thought about this. I don't even know what this means, but I want to give you more room. And that starts with getting rid of some things that we've harbored. Getting rid of some things that we've allowed in our lives to keep us in a state that is hard to be transformed because we're holding on to stuff. This week, how about we, as we light, patience, hope, joy, kindness candle how about we think about ways in which we can give room to the Holy Spirit's work in our lives Amen. not just to, I'm going to discipline myself to be nicer and that's good I mean that's part of it getting rid of some of that stuff but it, it's more than that it's giving him room so that he can really supernaturally work in your life when my dad came to the Lord one of the most impatient I mean, the reason I can't work on things and know how to do anything is because my dad was so impatient. And I'm not 
judging him. I love my dad. Anybody who knows me knows I love my dad. But when he came to the Lord, and I'm telling you, all, all anybody who knew my dad, he was a changed person. Now, he wasn't on the streets preaching, you know, on the corners. But his, his impatience went away. It was remarkable. Because it was a work of the Holy Spirit. God can change us. You may be in this room. You may be the most bitter person in this room. God can change you. You may be the most unkind person in this room. God can change you. It doesn't matter who you are, no matter what you've done or how many times you've been there, how many times you've done it, how angry you are, how abused you were, those things matter. And you, you know, let me just say, we, we, I believe in counseling. And if you need to get some of that stuff, you need help getting rid of some of that stuff, get the help that you need. Amen. We have some great counselors on our website. Get the help that you need, but get rid of some of that stuff so that God can do the work that only he can do. When you, when you came in, you received a communion packet. Would you grab that across all of our campuses? And if you didn't, raise, get, if you didn't get one, raise your hand. Hi, across all of our campuses. If you're watching online with us, maybe you can grab some crackers or bread and uh, something to drink and, and take with us. You don't have to be a member here at Hope to take communion, but if you believe in Jesus and you believe in what he did, can I tell you a way to look at the, the elements the bread and the cup. Can I tell you just kind of a, maybe a new thought? Is this is God's kindness. That Jesus came and that Jesus paid the price. This is God's kindness towards me, towards you. And when we eat this bread, symbolizing his body, and we drink this cup symbolizing his blood. We are eating and drinking the kindness of God. And because of that kindness toward us, we give that kindness toward others. Let's eat the bread together. Let's drink the cup together. God, we thank you for your kindness lavished on us. Help us. Help us, Lord. We struggle. We struggle in these areas. Would you help us to see, to, to have the, the understanding of those areas in our lives where we are not kind, where we show anger or bitterness or we're mad at a pastor from years ago, what they did, or we're mad at a priest or, or we're mad at our parents or, or we're bitter about something. And we've never been the same since then. We've allowed that bitterness to take root in our hearts. And today we want to do our part to get rid of some of those things so that you can produce in us the things that only you can. So Lord, help us today. In Jesus' name I pray. 
Thanks for listening to Hope's weekend message. Visit hopefellowship.net and further connect with us by downloading the Hope app from the App Store or Google Play. Have a great day.